Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Thopolis, the Statman, on a Sunday morning, the 22nd of January, 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the East, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic imitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as I take it through the world of sports. A good Sunday morning out there, everybody. Conference Championship Sunday in the NFL, and we are going to be ready to go. Three o'clock start for the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons in the uh, last ever game at the Georgia Dome. We know this for a fact now because the uh, the Georgia Dome will not host the Super Bowl, so the Atlanta Falcons uh, will be playing their last game, even if they win, in the Georgia Dome, and Green Bay will be uh, on the road. Weather obviously not a factor in that one. Pittsburgh at New England tonight, 640. Uh, start time, and we will see if Tom Brady will make his fourth Super Bowl uh, since 2005 or if Ben Roethlisberger will make his fourth Super Bowl since 2005 for these two teams that have had so much success in their uh, in, in the last 20 years. Uh, the Patriots uh, will uh, will take a uh, actually a seven and one regular season, and they won last week, so they are eight and one at home this year. Uh, it will be 41 degrees and overcast with a small wind, a nine-mile-an-hour wind uh, from the north-northeast, so it will be a little chilly. Uh, so weather not really much of a factor in these playoffs, and we will see Pittsburgh and New England later on. So two great games. Winners get a chance to move on to the Super Bowl uh, in Houston, Super Bowl 51 in two weeks. So uh, let the let the games begin. We have coverage. We look back on last week and look ahead to this week and also uh, make our picks for uh, those two games. Uh, also, we have hockey, fantasy hockey on the slate, uh, finishing up week 14, moving on to week 15 in fantasy hockey. We'll take a look at the, uh, the weekly best from week 14 and then look ahead for the injuries and hot pickups. And we're going to take a look at the goaltender position. We've been promising to do that for a few weeks. We're going to do that this week. So uh, very quickly, let's look back on the week that was in fantasy football. And we're going to take a look at uh, uh, at the stats. And Dak Prescott was the top scorer among quarterbacks at 32 fantasy points. He had a great week and a fantastic rookie season. It fell a little short uh, to the Green Bay Packers in an amazing game last week. Uh, but they, um, they, the season ends for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in a tough one, 34-31. Uh, but Prescott was great, as was Ezekiel Elliott. They were among the best at their positions. Stack Prescott, 24-38, 302 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Also rushed twice for 13 yards. He had 32 points. Second was Matt Ryan at 27 points. He will play on as they take on the Packers, his Falcons take on the Packers today, 26-37, 338, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 27 points. Aaron Rodgers right there with him at 25 points in third place, 355 yards. That led everyone, and those are the three 300-yard guys from last week. Rodgers, two touchdowns, an interception, 28 of 43, also rushed twice for 16 yards. He had 25 points. Uh, Rounding out the top five, Russell Wilson at 21 points. Tom Brady at 19 points. Tom Brady threw two interceptions, which for him is a huge deal, uh, as he was 18 of 38. He was very 
Hadn't played in a couple of weeks, 287 yards, though, as his yards per attempt were still um, uh, above eight, it looked like, uh, or actually around uh, around eight, maybe a little below. Uh, but 18 completions, that is a very low number. His average yards per completion were very, was very high. Uh, but he did not have a Brady-like type of game. Neither did Ben Roethlisberger. He does not play all that well on the road. And in Kansas City, he was 20 of 31, which isn't bad, but 224, no touchdowns, one interception, as they scored 18 points, all of them by the kicking foot of Chris Boswell. Six field goals, no touchdowns. And it's it's odd to see Le'Veon Bell have a good day and Antonio Brown have a good day and Ben Roethlisberger not have a good day. Uh, But that is exactly what happened. He only had six points ranked last among the eight starting quarterbacks in uh, in the divisional round, it was Prescott with 32, Ryan with 27, Rodgers 25, Wilson 21, Brady 19, Alex Smith had eight, as did Brock Osweiler. Neither quarterback in the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game had a good game. And Roethlisberger had six. So that is how the quarterback numbers look. Let's look at running backs. Le'Veon Bell was the top running back. He had 30 uh, rushes for 170 yards. He led everyone in attempts and yardage. And uh, he had 22 fantasy points. Ezekiel Elliott second. He was the only other guy above the century mark. He had 22 rushes for 125. Both Bell and Elliott rushed for 5.7 a carry. Uh, Add Tevin Coleman and Jonathan Grimes to the list. Well, Jonathan Grimes only had two carries, so let's throw him out. Um, Let's throw out Alex Collins and Aaron Ripkowski, who had above five, but they only had two and four carries, uh, respectively. So, Tevin Coleman had 11 carries, and he had 5.2 yards a carry. So those are the three running backs who had more than five yards a carry and who rushed the ball 10 times or more, let's say. But Elliott had 17 points, tied with Deion Lewis, who had a touchdown run and a touchdown catch. 64 total yards, 13 rushes for 41 yards, two catches for 23. He did lose a fumble, but his 17 points were tied with Elliott for second place. Uh, Devontae Freeman at 16 points was in fourth, and teammate Tevin Coleman, also the Falcons, with 15 points was fifth. So you had the fourth and fifth best running backs, both in a Falcons uniform, combining for 31 points, which is more than uh, anyone else got. And uh, Freeman had 45 yards rushing and a touchdown, caught four balls for 80 yards. Good job out of the backfield. Coleman, 11 rushes for 57, three catches for 22, and a score. Uh, and rounding out the top eight, James White had nine points on a 19-yard touchdown reception. Lamar Miller, eight points, 74 yards rushing for him. And Spencer Ware had seven points. He had 35 yards rushing and a touchdown, but not enough. The only touchdown of that game, actually, between Pittsburgh and Kansas City in that 18-16 to thriller that the Steelers pulled down. Two great games last Sunday, by the way, with uh, Green Bay and Dallas and then uh, Atlanta and um, – or, I'm sorry, Kansas City and Pittsburgh, I should say. Uh, those two games were fantastic games, down to the end, uh, and and a lot of fun to watch. And you hope that that's what we get today with four quarterbacks, three of them who have been there before, three of them who have won Super Bowls before, and one who hasn't, and that is uh, Exton, Pennsylvania's own Matt Ryan. He goes today for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, let's look at wide receivers. And Des Bryant was the top wide receiver with 27 fantasy points, nine catches on 12 targets for 132 yards and two touchdowns as they took advantage of a stunned Green Bay secondary, especially early in that game. But the two touchdowns for uh, for Bryant as they came uh, roaring back, uh, he had 27 points. Ty Montgomery 
who made most of his, uh, uh, almost all of his uh, points from running the ball. He is technically still a wide receiver for the moment. 11 rushes for 47 yards and two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, uh, and 34 receiving yards gave him 19 fantasy points. Doug Baldwin was third, 16 points for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Julian Edelman had 14 points, eight catches for 137. Antonio Brown had six catches on 11 targets for 108. He had an even 10 points. Julio Jones, 6 for 67, and he had a short touchdown catch. He also had 10 points. So those are your top six. Rounding out the top eight, Chris Hogan had nine fantasy points, four catches for 95 yards. And Mohamed Sanu and Paul Richardson of the Seattle Seahawks tied for eighth place with eight points. Sanu, 44 yards and a score. Richardson, 83 receiving yards. Not on that list, Devontae Adams, who had seven points. Taylor Gabriel had seven points. DeAndre Hopkins had six points. Randall Cobb had six points. Uh, Tyreek Hill only had three. Jeremy Macklin only had two. It was a tough week for some of the top-name wide receivers. And I mentioned Antonio Brown had a good day. Yes, he did in yardage, but he didn't find the end zone, and he placed tied for fifth among wide receivers. There were a total of um, three 100-yard receivers. Edelman had 137, Des Bryant with 132, he had the two touchdowns, that was the difference, and Antonio Brown had 108. Those were the top receiving days. No one had 10 receptions. Des Bryant had nine, and that was the most among wide receivers. Now for tight ends, we had a 100-yard receiving tight end, and that was Jared Cook, who had a fantastic catch, maybe the catch of the Packers' season so far. Six catches for 103 yards and a score. He had 17 fantasy points leading all tight ends. Jason Witten, six catches on nine targets, 59 yards and a touchdown, 12 points for him. Richard Rodgers had one catch, but it was a 34-yard touchdown catch. He had 11 points. So Green Bay tight ends, 28 points on the evening uh, last week. Jesse James, Pittsburgh, 10 points, five catches, 83 yards. C.J. Fedorowicz, or actually Fedorowicz, I guess now it's pronounced. I thought it was pronounced differently. Uh, uh, Fedorowicz of Houston, three catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. He had 10 fantasy points, tied for fourth with James. Uh, Travis Kelsey, a little disappointing, even though he had five catches for 77 yards, but he had a big penalty. He spouted off of the refs after the game. Uh, a shame that Kelsey's solid season comes down to this, but five catches for 77 yards. He had nine points. Jimmy Graham, seven points, three for 22 and a touchdown. And rounding out the top eight, Levine Toliolo for Atlanta, two catches for 26 yards, three points. Uh, The only other tight end to get a point was Austin Hooper and his one catch for 10 yards with one point. Uh, So it was a little top-heavy. Jared Cook had the best week. Kickers, we had a potentially historic, well, it was a historic day uh, for Chris Boswell. Six field goals, that's a record. 26 fantasy points. That's eight better than anybody else and a tremendous week. I mean, you know, if you score 20 points as a kicker in our scoring system, you have done something. 26 points is tremendous. Um, and uh, he was first. Dan Bailey, second at 18 points. Three for three, including a 52-yard or two extra points. He had 18 points. Mason Crosby, third. And the top guy to continue playing. 16 points for him. He had two extra or two field goals. You count two because he should have had – well, you could have counted the one that uh, he kicked through the uprights when uh, uh, when Dallas tried to ice him with a timeout. He uh, dutifully kicked it when he had another chance and got it right through. He was three for three. Or he was two for two, including a 56-yarder, four extra points. He had 16 points. Nick Novak was fourth with 13 points, three for three in field goals, a 46-yarder and an extra point. Tied for fifth, Stephen Goskowski and Matt Bryant. Both of them will play. Both of them were two for two in field goals, four for four in extra points, and had 12 
points. Uh, rounding out the top eight, Stephen Hauschka with nine points, two for two in extra points, two for two in field goals, but they were short. And Cairo Santos kicked his only field goal at 48 yards, hit his only extra point, point. he had six points for the game. So those are your top kickers. Top defenses, the Patriots at the top again, 19 fantasy points, three interceptions, three sacks of Brock Osweiler, and a return for a touchdown. They allowed 16 points to the Texans, and they had 19 fantasy points. The Atlanta Falcons, you didn't expect to see them above teams such as the Steelers, the, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Texans, but the Falcons were right there at number two, 16 fantasy points. They had a safety, two interceptions, three sacks, and they allowed 20 points to the Seahawks and won uh, the game, obviously. Uh, the Texans and Cowboys tied for third with six points, um, a, uh, two interceptions by the Texans. Uh, that was, uh, uh, that was the, uh, the solid one, also adding two sacks of fumble recovery. Uh, the Cowboys, three sacks, one interception, and uh, the uh, Steelers were in fifth place with five points. Packers, sixth, tied with the Chiefs, actually, tied for six with four points, and the Seahawks dead last. The Seahawks defense, the worst fantasy defense last week with three points all on sacks of Matt Ryan that's it so that's a look back on last week injuries this week no one knew was placed on IR no one knew was uh was noted as out for the game James Starks continues to be out with his concussion he will not play for Green Bay which once again means Ty Montgomery is the starting running back and that is de facto at this point uh, but players who are questionable, there is a list of a few. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, Kristen Michael for Green Bay is questionable with a back injury. Once again, Ty Montgomery, you expect him to be the starter at this point. Nothing nothing new there. Uh, we also have, uh, speaking of the Packers, Geronimo Allison had a hamstring injury, did not practice, and he is questionable uh, for the game. Devontae Adams questionable with an ankle. He didn't practice either. Um, there is good news, though, for the Packers. Jordy Nelson trying to come back with a rib injury. He, he will be a game-time decision. He did not practice on Friday, but they're going to try and get him to play, especially with Adams uh, out with the ankle. Well, not out, but questionable with the ankle. Uh, let's turn our attention to uh, uh, Pittsburgh and see if there's anyone. Ladarius Green trying to come back from his concussion. He did practice in limited fashion this week. Um, and he will be questionable uh, for their uh, for their game. Jesse James will be the tight end, uh, the main tight end if Green can't go. Uh, how about uh, also Fitzgerald Toussaint, the uh, third string running back, coming back from a concussion, but he did put in a full practice that is encouraging for Toussaint and Pittsburgh. Uh, moving on to New England, uh, Danny Amendola questionable with an ankle, limited practice. Martellus Bennett a knee, limited practice. Uh, Brandon Bolden, also a knee, limited practice. You can see where this is going. Malcolm Mitchell, also with a knee, limited practice. And Chris Hogan, questionable with the thigh, limited practice for him. All of them questionable. And uh, finally, let's see, do we have anything else that, um, that we didn't talk about? No, that's about it. Nothing on the injury report for the Atlanta Falcons whatsoever. So they come into the game uh, as healthy as possible here. We told you about the weather. Uh, so um, we, uh, I, I want to go through the, the rankings and the picks, but we're going to do that towards the bottom of the hour. We are going to jump now uh, to talk a little bit about fantasy hockey uh, before we get to the bottom of the hour. But at 25 past the hour, we are going to get to our game picks. 
and our uh, rankings in terms of um, the players that are left and uh, where they where I think they will finish up in terms from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and by the way, before we get to hockey, I can tell you our next episode will be next Saturday. We were not on yesterday. Usually we're on Saturday at 10 a.m. like clockwork. Uh, but we uh, ended up missing the day. So uh, we uh, are on here today, Sunday, at 10 a.m. Uh, however, the, the, the hockey stats will be from the last seven days as if we were on uh, on Saturday. So it will be the games uh, between the 14th and the 20th, which is uh, last Saturday to uh, last Friday. So uh, seven days there. Uh, our next episode will be next Saturday at, uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash sportswiththestatman. We have links to our previous audio there. You can also uh, say hello right on the wall. Ask me your uh, your fantasy questions there or on Twitter at gstatman. Uh, you can go uh, send me a tweet at gstatman. That's G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N. You can also give me your pro opinions. Get that off your chest. I'd love to start the conversation or continue the conversation with you, either on Facebook or on Twitter. The website is statmansportsonline.com. That's statmansportsonline.com. You can also find the podcast, the entire 45-minute version, on iTunes, on Stitcher, as well as Facebook, and our Blog Talk radio page, of course, which is the only place you can listen live to the 30-minute live feed, the first 30 minutes of the show. And that is blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman. That's T-H-E. Dash Statman. Okay, let's move on to fantasy hockey here. Week 14 is almost up. Uh, actually, week 14 is up in our house league, the Puck and Stick Association. We go Sundays to Saturdays, uh, so week 14 is already done. Uh, but we're going Saturday to Friday here, uh, so this is most of week 14. And of Jenny Malkin, uh, especially as part of that 8-7 to overtime win, that the Penguins had over the Washington Capitals to snap their winning streak. Uh, what a game that was. And if Jenny Malkin definitely was a, uh, a big beneficiary in that crazy game as he had the hat trick um, on five shots. And for the year, Malkin, 22 goals, 30 assists for 52 points. For the past week, five goals and two assists in four games, a plus four for penalty minutes and a power play goal as well, 28.5 fantasy points. Second was Connor Sheary, his teammate, at four goals, including that winner. Uh, two assists for six points in four games, a plus three, two penalty minutes. And uh, another player who participated in that game, Andre Burakovsky, for the Washington Capitals, three goals and two assists, and a plus five in three games. A power play goal, add that to his ledger. On only five shots, he scored three goals on five shots. That's pretty impressive. Shiri and Burakovsky were tied for 24 points. We're going to give the second start of Burakovsky because he did it in three games. Shiri did it in four. Uh, in fourth place, tied for fourth, John Tavares and Brad Marchand, both locals. Tavares of the Islanders, Marchand of the Bruins. Tavares gets the uh, gets the better position because he did it in three games. He had four goals and a plus three on ten shots. That's 23 points. Marchand, in four games, had two goals and five assists for seven points, a plus one, two penalty minutes, a shorthanded goal as well. He had 23 uh, points as well. And former Islander Nino Niederreiter coming in sixth place with 21 and a half fantasy points, three, two, and five in four games. So Malkin, Sheary, or Mal- I'm sorry, Malkin, Burakovsky, and Sheary tied for second. Tavares and Marchand tied for fourth. Those are your top forwards for the uh, for the week. In terms of overall goal scoring, 
Malkin's five was the best. At four, you had Sheary and Tavares, but you also had Justin Williams of the Caps, Vincent Trocek of the Florida Panthers, and Alexander Steen of the Blues. Those were the best goal scorers, top point getters, Malkin and Marchand. And uh, in terms of plus-minus for the week, well, you had uh, a little of everything. Uh, Patrick Hornquist, Bjorkowski's on that list, uh, and Ryan Johansson of Nashville with plus five, as well as Tanner Caro of the Chicago Blackhawks, who had a solid week, two, two, and four in three games, and a plus five for uh, uh, for the young kid, who is actually not so young, 24 years old, but uh, he uh, has scored in two straight uh, four points in those two games, so uh, Tanner Caro might be a guy you want to take a look at in deep, deep leagues. Uh, also, Lars Eller was uh, was a plus five. Thomas Tatar, plus five for the week. Penalty minutes. Andrew Shaw had 22 penalty minutes, and um, he had a uh, he had most of them uh, in. I think he had all of them actually in the one game uh, where he um, uh, he had a, a blindside hit on uh, Jesper Fast of the Rangers, and. Um, uh, that was a uh, that was a bad one, and he um, he did. Uh, let, let's see, he has not. We have not found out about any kind of a suspension, but a suspension looks likely for the Montreal right winger, Andrew Shaw, um, and uh, uh, apparently he is suspended until he can uh, until they figure it out because he didn't play uh, against uh, against Montreal. I, I'm sorry, against uh, Detroit. I don't believe on on Monday. Um, so he had 22 penalty minutes. Joe Thornton and Rennie Bork were, were tied for second with 15 penalty minutes. Uh, let's look at defensemen now. And that's just among forwards, by the way. Let's take a look at defensemen. Justin Schultz, once again, what a, what a season he has had. Six assists in four games, plus one, and two penalty minutes. 25 and a half fantasy points. He's at plus 25 for the season. Schultz is a guy, if you look at his all-time, or his, look at his career statistics. Let's go through it quickly. Uh, of course, he was a hot commodity uh, Edmonton uh, ended up signing him, and he was great in the American Hockey League during that uh, lockout-shortened season. He was a minus 17 in his rookie year uh, when he came up in that lockout-shortened season. He played all 48 games. He was a minus 17. He was a minus 22 the next year, minus 17 the next year, minus 15 the next year. So here's a guy who is minus 71 to this point in his career. And that minus 15 last year was with Pittsburgh, par- partially with Pittsburgh, uh, not all of it. This year, he's a plus 25. Talk about turning around your game completely. He's a plus 25. He's also on pace for the most goals, the most assists. Uh, it could be a career year, and he's 26 years old. So uh, seven goals, 25 assists, and a plus 25 in 45 games so far. He had the best week of any fantasy defenseman with his six assists and uh, 25 and a half fantasy points. Second place, Trevor Daly, his teammate, a goal and three assists, a plus five, two penalty minutes in four games. He had 25 points. Matt Niskanen was third, two, two, and four in three games, plus one, two penalty minutes. He had 17 and a half fantasy points. That tells you something. The top three forwards and the top three defensemen all participated in that one game. And this is, this is the state of hockey at this point. Eight to seven games used to happen. Didn't happen often, but it used to happen back in the early 80s, mid-80s. That was the days of fire wagon hockey, the golden era of offensive hockey. Now you get one of those games, and anyone who scored, uh, who had a few points in those games, escalate to the top of the scoring table in uh, in a league for a week because uh, the rest of the games aren't like that. 
Uh, but Schultz, Daly, and Niskanen in your top three. Colton Pareko and Eric Carlson were tied for fourth. Pareko three goals, or I'm sorry, three goals, three points, one one goal, two assists in four games, and a plus one. Uh, that goal was a power play goal. Eric Carlson had three assists in three games, plus three, two penalty minutes. We give Carlson the edge because he did it in fewer games. Uh, so, and in the top local, Damon Severson of the Devils, two assists and a plus three, 14 fantasy points uh, for him uh, in uh, over over the week. So that is a look there. In terms of defenseman scoring goals, Ryan Ellis had three goals for Nashville. Uh, and uh, Jacob Chikrin, Hampus Lindholm of Anaheim, Chikrin's of Arizona, of course. Brent Burns continues his assault on the scoring books. And Niskanen had two goals apiece. Brent Burns, let's call your attention to Brent Burns. 19 goals. Remember, he's a defenseman. There was that one year he was, he was jumping up and, and he was basically a winger. They have moved him back to defense years ago. 19 goals and 28 assists and a plus 15 at this point. Uh, he had 27 goals last year. He had 22 goals back in 2013-14. Uh, he has scored, he's played since 2003, so he's been in the league a long time. Uh, he has scored in double digits, uh, I'm counting six years in the past. This makes seven. And he has scored as many as 75, uh, 75 points in a, in a year. And that was last year, 27 goals, 48 assists. He's on pace. He's a point a game. He's on pace for 81. And um, uh, he has had a fantastic, fantastic year. Um, and if I, I, know, I know scoring shouldn't be weighted as much for the Norris Trophy, but it is. And Brent Burns is the Norris favorite right now. Um, but uh, th- those were the top guys in goals and assists. Of course, you had Justin Schultz's six assists. Aaron Ekblad had four assists. Boy, has Ekblad struggled this year. Uh, but uh, even even when he has this, uh, a week when he has four assists, he has ten penalty minutes, and that brings him down a bit. Um, but uh, uh, but those were the those were the top guys in terms of plus minus for defensemen, which mean a lot. Nick Jensen of Detroit, Brooks Orpik of Washington, Trevor Daly of Pittsburgh, each with a plus five. Those were the best. And the top penalty minutes uh, defenseman Ekblad's ten is right there at the top. Uh, Nikita Zadorov of Colorado, Carl Stollery of the Devils. Luke Witkowski of Tampa and Derek Engeland of Calgary, nine penalty minutes. That does not include Engeland last night against uh, Edmonton when I know he faced off against Milan Lucic in that uh, Calgary-Edmonton game. Uh, let's take a look at goaltenders. Thomas Grice, the top goaltender in the league at 2-1 and one with two shutouts, uh, two straight shutouts, and that streak is still intact. He goes today against Philadelphia. 2.41 goals against, 929 save percentage. He had 30.2 fantasy points. Cam Talbot second at 25.4. The former Ranger, 3-0 and in four games, a 165 goals against, a 943 save percentage. Third, Ryan Miller at 2-0 and in two games. He's third on the list in only two games, 23.8 fantasy points. He had a shutout. Allowed one goal in the other one, saved 64-65 for a save percentage of 9.85. Mike Condon and Pecorina round out the top five. Condon has uh, has been a revelation for Ottawa, two and one in a shutout. Uh, he did allow eight goals in the other two games, though. Two seven zero goals against 9.13 save percentage, 18.8 points. And Pecorina, two and one, a 1.63 goals against 9.43 save percentage. He's at 17 points for the week. We'll continue on with fantasy hockey, but I do want to jump over now back into football to give you our picks for the conference championship games. The first one will be Green Bay at Atlanta. And, of course, uh, this one will be a, uh, uh, a chance to see, has Matt Ryan arrived in terms of being a, 
uh, a top-tier quarterback. I don't want to say elite, because we got into all that elite business around uh, Eli Manning. But is Matt Ryan a top-tier quarterback? This will um, help determine that. Uh, Even if he has a good game, they could definitely lose. They're favored by four and a half. Uh, I've seen spreads from four and a half all the way to uh, to five and a half. Um, and Atlanta, of course, has some skilled players with Tevin Coleman, with Devontae Freeman, and, of course, Julio Jones, the wide receiver. Uh, Matt Ryan had an MVP-type season. And the Falcons' defense came up bigger than you expected last week. They covered the number, uh, and they uh, they got the job done against the Seattle Seahawks. And Seattle had their own playoff pedigree, of course, but that was not the same Seahawks team. That team was not nearly as hot as the Green Bay Packers. The Packers uh, are the hottest team in football right now. They came back against Dallas at the end for a thrilling victory, 34-31. And this could definitely be a shootout. It has all the makings of a shootout. Green Bay, if Jordy Nelson can play, that is big, but he didn't play last week. Cobb didn't have a big game, and they still found a way to win with Jared Cook and, uh, um, you, you know, just the, the artistry and the, the, uh, the magic of Aaron Rodgers. And I think it comes down to the two quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has done it before. Matt, I think Rodgers and his Packers will find a way to win it outright. I'm going to pick the Packers plus four and a half or five and a half or whatever you want to give them, but I'm going to pick them to win it straight up. Uh, my record so far is six and two uh, against the spread and straight up. Uh, by the way, for the for the playoffs. So uh, Green Bay, I'm going to pick them to uh, to win outright uh, in Atlanta, the final game at uh, Georgia Dome, and uh, uh, that is going to be a good one. That's the early one, the late one. Pittsburgh at New England. New England favored by six, and the, as I mentioned, the Patriots eight and one at home, including the playoffs. And uh, Brady 23 and nine in playoff games at home. Uh, so this is a game that, uh, and, and, and not only that, add to that, Roethlisberger doesn't play too well away from Heinz Field. Um, but uh, they are, uh, you know, Roethlisberger has not played well. I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one. Uh, I'm going to pick them to cover as well. I think they will cover. I think they'll win by at least a touchdown. Uh, I can see 34-27, something crazy like that. Now, Pittsburgh has the, the best running back and wide receiver personnel with Le'Veon Bell and with Antonio Brown. But the Patriots, once again, it comes down to quarterback play, and although Ben Roethlisberger has done a lot of things in this league, Tom Brady is, is at this point, he will not be denied. And if you're looking for a defensive scheme to somehow take out Bell, or take Bell out of the equation, take, it, take him out of the, uh, take him, uh, stop him from being effective, you, you would put that on Belichick to make that possible. Um, and, of course, you have uh, Brady's motivation, which continues to be um, against the league, against Roger Goodell, against uh, Deflategate, and uh, the legitimacy of that uh, Super Bowl victory. So there's all of that going on. And I think uh, the Patriots will use all of that to their advantage. They are the probably the best psychological team in football, and I think they win it uh, by at least a touchdown. So, once again, Green Bay plus 4.5, Patriots minus 6. Those are the picks for Championship Sunday. After this, one game remains. And, uh, of course, next week we will have the wrap-up of Conference Championship Sunday. And we will make the picks for the Super Bowl the following week as fantasy hockey takes takes the center stage 
at this point. Uh, in terms of rankings and, and players and how, how good of a week we think they're going to have, I think Rodgers will have the best week. I think Brady will be second. I think Ryan will be a close third. And Roethlisberger, I think, will be the, the worst of the four quarterbacks. But that is, that is really a high bar to get in, into that top three. Uh, in terms of running backs, um, y- you know, I think at this point, you know, with Atlanta, you're kind of splitting the baby a bit with Freeman and Coleman. They're both very good, but there's only one ball. Uh, Le'Veon Bell clearly has the most talent, but I think, uh, I think New England will neutralize him as much as possible. Uh, I still think Bell will be the best running back, but um, that's only because, as I said, Atlanta having two solid running backs and uh, New England also having two solid running backs with Garrett Blunt and Deion Lewis. Um, Blunt really didn't have a great game last week. I could see him having a good one. I think he will have a better one than Lewis uh, against a stout Pittsburgh run defense. Uh, Ty Montgomery, I could see him kind of being uh, fifth or sixth. Um, and if you're looking for a dark horse coming out of nowhere, uh, someone like an Aaron Ripkowski maybe catching a ball out of the backfield or James White for the Patriots, you never know with the Patriots who the big guy is going to be. could be Brandon Bolden for all we know. Uh, but that's kind of how I think it's going to shake down in terms of the running back picture. For wide receivers, you have really two of the best in Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. Uh, I think Brown will have a good game. I don't think he'll have a great game. I think Julio Jones has been nagged by a toe injury, so I don't, I don't know if you'll see his best. But Julian Edelman for New England had a great game last week with 137 yards. I could see him, if he gets into the end zone, that might be good enough with those yards to be the best in, in uh, a wide receiver. Edelman might be better than Jones and Brown this week. That is crazy, but it is possible. Uh, Randall Cobb will also have to step it up as uh, Jordy Nelson is a game-time decision. Uh, but he is possible. Also, if Brown falters, Eli Rogers becomes a big name. Uh, and Chris Hogan had uh, four catches for 95 yards, a good week. He did not find the end zone. If he finds the end zone, he might be among the leaders. And if Julio Jones is banged up with that toe injury, Taylor Gabriel becomes more important. Mohamed Sanu becomes more important. Uh, and uh, and that's that's pretty much the uh, the list. Other guys for New England besides Edelman could be uh, Malcolm Mitchell. Uh, that is of course a possibility. Danny Amendola uh, as well in the slot. So those are those are some different options uh, for you uh, at at wide receiver. But I think Edelman has a good chance to be a little better than Jones and Brown uh, this week. Among tight ends, Jared Cook had the best week last week, and um, you know, Aaron Rodgers really needed him, and uh, he he rewarded that. So you could see that uh, that momentum carrying over uh, for Cook and for Rodgers and and the and the uh, Packers. Uh, Martellus Bennett had a disappointing week last week, uh, but with um, uh, with Rob Gronkowski still out, um, Brady will go to him early and often if necessary. Uh, also. Uh, Jesse James, if Ladarius Green can't go, if he can go, I think that lowers the value of James, uh, and I don't think Green's going to have that high a value. Um, so Cook, Bennett, and whoever the Pittsburgh tight end, the starting Pittsburgh tight end is, will most likely be James. Those would be kind of my top three. After that, really, it's it's uh, um, it's up in the air. I mean, Richard Rodgers had one catch; it was a touchdown. That's uh, that's that's good, um, but that is very difficult to duplicate. Um, also with, with New England, who else do they have? Matt Lengel, um, 
you know that's that's about it. So if it's not Bennett, who would it be? Um, so that that uh, would be interesting. And, and Atlanta's tight end situation—they don't really go to their tight end all that often. Toliolo or Hooper, neither one of them really does much. So I would uh, uh, I would definitely pay the premium and go for uh, one of the top tight ends, either Cook. Uh, I, Cook is worth the money, I think. Uh, Bennett, if he's overpriced, go with James, and that's that's what I would do in terms of tight ends for kickers. Uh, Crosby, I think, is the best one, uh, and Bryant. They're both going to be kicking in indoors, but weather's not really going to be an issue. Um, I, I mentioned Chris Boswell. I, I, I think I said uh, uh, the top top kicker to uh, to play the next week. Chris Boswell is playing. I'm sorry about that. Um, but six field goals, I don't think he's going to uh, come close to doing that again. Uh, so I, I think Crosby and Bryant will be the top guys. That will be a shootout. There will be a lot of threes and a lot of sevens in that one. Um, Goskowski, of course, always a solid pick. And Boswell is the other guy, and just the other guy who set records last week. So uh, the kicking game is going to be very interesting. But I wouldn't overpay because I think all four of them are good options. And it's Defense, hey, the Patriots' defense uh, at this point from a fantasy perspective is uh, as good as there is. I would steer clear of both the Packers and Atlanta because of their uh, potential shootout. Um, and uh, I would go with the Patriots first and the Steelers second. That's that's how I would rank them. So that is a look at uh, our conference championship Sunday coverage. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, now let's uh, move on and uh, get back to uh, to hockey. And... Uh, we had talked about goaltenders. Grice, the top goaltender in hockey for the last week. Talbot second, Ryan Miller third, Condon and Rinna, your, uh, the rest of the top five. Let's take a look at enforcers and award our enforcer of the week, the player who uh, does the best job of filling up the score sheet and the penalty box. And at this point, I would say the best one uh, would be, uh, well, very close. Brandon Dubinsky of Columbus, Joe Thornton of San Jose, Andrew Shaw of Montreal. Shaw did not get a point, okay? He just had so many more penalty minutes, and um, that was a nasty hit. So he does uh, get credit for that as an enforcer. Uh, but Brandon Dubinsky, two goals, one assist, a plus two. He had 12 minutes in penalties, 21 enforcer points. Joe Thornton had 20 enforcer points, very close. Uh, a goal, two assists, and 15 minutes in penalties. So Dubinsky gets it. Uh, by a point over Thornton, that is very close. So uh, that is that is how things look. And and you know what? Let's also uh, very quickly um, give you some power play and penalty kill uh, numbers. We haven't done that uh, I think at all this year. And um, uh, it, it's good if you have that in your league as we do in our house league. We play a special teams unit, so it is a combined power play and penalty kill. And um, you, want a, you want a team that is good in both. If you can find one that's top 10 in both, you're in good shape. There are 14 teams that are clicking above 20% power play, which is really good. Uh, the top two are above 24%. Columbus Blue Jackets are having a fantastic season this year. They're 31, 10, and 4, and they are at 24.3%. They have not allowed a shorthanded goal. That's, those are really good numbers. The Toronto Maple Leafs, 24.1% with their uh, young, exuberant forwards that they have, 21, 14, and 9 for the year, but 24.1% in power plays. They've allowed four shorthanded goals. Pittsburgh, third at 23.2%. They've allowed five shorthanded goals. Uh, they're all one way. Tampa Bay Lightning at 23% even, and Montreal uh, and Buffalo tied for fifth at 24. 
2.4%. They are exactly the same flat-footed tie. The difference is Montreal has allowed three shorthanded goals. Buffalo is not. And by the way, Tampa has also allowed three shorthanded goals. So Columbus, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Montreal, and Buffalo tied for fifth. And uh, very close behind, St. Louis Blues, New York Rangers, Flyers, and Ducks all make up the rest of the top ten. So those are your power play, the best power plays you got. Um, in terms of penalty kill, Carolina is at number one. No one's at 90%, but Carolina is as close as it, as it gets at 88.7. They've also scored six shorthanded goals. Uh, Calgary has scored eight, and the Rangers have scored seven. But no, uh, those are the only ones that are better than Carolina's six. Boston Bruins second at 87.1%. The Caps at 86%. They're in third place. Toronto, they're in both lists. They're at fourth place on the penalty kill at 84.7%. They've scored three shorthanded goals. Florida's fifth at 84%. Rounding out the top ten, Minnesota, Columbus, who's number one on the power play. They're seventh on the penalty kill at 83.8%. St. Louis Blues, they're in the bottom half of the top ten in power play as well as penalty kill. They're at 83%. The San Jose Sharks are ninth, and the Anaheim Ducks are tenth on power play, tenth in penalty kill, and they're at 82.7%. So that is how things look in the top ten of both. Um, so that uh, that's a quick look at the power play and the penalty kill numbers. Uh, let's take a look at injuries and hot pickups for Week 15 in fantasy hockey. In terms of injuries, Chris Letang, knee injury, looking to come back from it and uh, uh, may come back, making progress. Uh, he's missed a week, and uh, uh, he has, uh, last he played was January 14th. Uh, he can come back as early as January 22nd, uh, and that is, uh, uh, that is today against the Boston Bruins. Um, but unlikely, it looks like he'll have to have a couple of practices um, back with the team before he comes back. So not likely to come back today. Also, Tyler Myers on IR with a lower body. Roman Yossi, an upper body, should be out through the rest of the month. Jonathan Quick, uh, lost in the first game of the season. Peter Budai has been the main beneficiary of the playing time uh, as the Kings lost to the Islanders last night, 4-2 in Brooklyn. But uh, Quick looks to come back in early March, and that is still there. Alexander Barkov, upper body injury. He may miss the rest of the season, uh, and there is no timetable for his return. It was originally two to three weeks. He was hurt on December 28th, but they're saying now that he may miss the rest of the year, um, sadly, for the Florida Panthers. Uh, also, Andre Markov, lower body injury. He should be coming back before the end of the month. Patrick Lina of Winnipeg, who uh, sustained a concussion, he's ready to practice and full contact. So that is, uh, that is huge for, uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. He has not played since January 7th against Buffalo. Uh, he has missed a few games, and he may come back as early as tomorrow night against Anaheim at home. That would be a big one. Tyler Toffoli, lower body. Uh, looks like he'll be out through the end of the month. Antti Ranta for the Rangers, the backup goalie, lower body injury. He's expected to miss a week to 10 days, and that was as of the 14th, so he should be able to come back fairly soon. They have a three-game homestand wrapped around the All-Star break starting, on, uh, uh, starting tomorrow against L.A. They do play in Detroit today. Uh, a day game in a couple of hours. Uh, but Lundqvist has uh, revitalized a bit as uh, Ranta has been out. So those are the latest IR moves. In terms of the day-to-days, Michael Neuverth undisclosed. Uh, John Gibson also upper body, but uh, also day-to-day. Uh, David Savard, a defenseman for Columbus, having a pretty good season, undisclosed. And Jake Allen getting some rest as he has been shell-shocked lately, day-to-day 
for him. Johnny Boychuk, upper body, he is day-to-day, as is Cal Clutterbuck. He may return today against Philadelphia. Okay, that is a look at the injuries. Now let's look at the hot pickups, and let's take it position by position here as uh, we have some, some good pickups for you. As we only have a couple of minutes remaining uh, in the show. Uh, for forwards, uh, Connor Sheary in shallow leagues, of course, being part of that 8-7 to seven game, everyone wants to pick you up. Uh, also, Nino Niederreiter, he's uh, owned, he goes up from 52 to 59%. He had uh, uh, three goals this past week. Uh, but Pavel Buchnevich of the Rangers in medium-sized leagues, uh, the, the, young, uh, the young player is getting a lot of looks, 21 years old, six goals, eight assists, and he has scored five goals in his last seven games. Uh, he has uh, scored in, he's had at least a point in each of those seven games, so he is uh, on a streak. And the Rangers are playing well, so a medium-sized add for Butnevich. Uh, also, in deep leagues, Jake Gunsel of Pittsburgh, also Andreas Athanasiu of the Detroit Red Wings uh, in deep leagues. Those are some uh, good adds. For defensemen, Matt Dumba in shallow leagues, also Jared Spurgeon. Uh, in medium-sized leagues, Trevor Daly in deep leagues, Paul Martin and uh, Derek Forbort uh, getting some love. Brooks Orpik as well in deep leagues. Goaltenders, Andre Pavlich for Winnipeg in deep leagues, Thomas Grice in shallow leagues, and in medium-sized leagues, how about Mike Condon of Ottawa? That is a good look there. So Grice in shallow leagues, uh, Condon in medium-sized, Pavlich in deep leagues. So that is your look at hot pickups. That is going to do it here from northern New Jersey. I'm George Adopoulos, a stat man. We'll be with you next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash sports with the stat man. And uh, also the website, statmansportsonline.com. You can follow me on Twitter at